What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Low Mid Podcast. Here today, Ryan Nemo gonna be holding it down. Huey can be here today, so we can still gonna keep the show going for you guys. Yeah, Huey, I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a good show lined up for you guys today um we're gonna be covering topics um ranging from tk and asap rocky to our top three producers and our dope ass show and tell segment you dig what i'm saying <laughs> you dig so getting into the first topic um you said tk right yeah so we we finally learned the answer to the TK trial. Texas rapper TK has been sentenced to a total of 55 years after being found guilty of murder and three counts of aggravated robbery stemming from a 2016 home invasion in Tarrant County, Texas. His sentencing comes a week after the 19-year-old pled guilty to two counts of aggravated robbery, but not guilty to capital murder stemming from the death of 21-year-old Ethan Walker. We the jury find the defendant as far as the sentence goes, he had 30 years for the aggravated robbery, and then he has two 13-year sentences for two separate crimes, and the cherry on top is, is a 10K fine. Bruh, <laughs> how in the world are you going to find this man $10,000 after all that? Imagine the judge just sitting there reading everything that you got to go through for you. We're giving you. What you said was what? What was the first thing for a capital murder? Yeah, capital murder. That's that's what the fine is for. Oh, that's what the fine is for. But he also got sentenced for that too. Yeah. So he got thirty years for capital murder. Uh, thirty years for aggravated robbery. Thirty years for aggravated robbery, and he got two separate thirteen-year charges for the murder. Um, for two other cr- crimes, two other crimes, like beating up people probably. Damn. So imagine the judge was like, okay, you get thirty for aggravated robbery. You're getting 13 extra years for another thing. 13 extra years for another thing. And on top of that, he's the oldest $10,000, nigga. <laughs> it's like, at the end of it, I'd have been just mad at the fact that I owe $10,000. I know y'all already sending me to jail for a lifetime. But I heard that, um, yeah, and I like that's a good point that you just made about the race. Because the race was pretty much the exposition of everything that happened. Yeah. Like, you told him yourself. Yeah, exactly. In fact, they use the lyrics of that song in court. In the, in the case yeah. against so him. If if you don't know what happened with TK, a few years ago, back in 2016, he got involved with a, a robbery, a home invasion that kind of went bad. And because of that, 21-year-old African-American man, Ethan Walker, got shot and killed. Um, not necessarily by TK, but since he was involved, he also gets a hefty penalty and also another fun, another crazy thing is there were seven people involved in that um in that robbery and the two people that got the most was the actual killer his name is uh Latharian Merritt he Latharian Merritt was the actual trigger man mm-hmm. he got sentenced to life TK he was the one that made a song about it so he got sentenced 55 years now the other people they got sentenced like 20 30 years but damn that's after they were um trying to get a lower sentence so they had to testify against TK to get a lower sentence oh right right, right, right. yeah I remember, I remember all that stuff being in the press and then so the thing is like what also happened is probably what happened why he got so much time too was also because he probably decided to not take the plea deal was because you know how plea deals work or if you don't know how plea deals work plea deal basically is when the judge um or the system gives you an offer to in which you can um serve time in jail if you sign off on a crime that you may have like if you just basically maybe um admit guilt in the crime or whatever even if you didn't do it as opposed to you 
not taking the plea deal and going through due process and a trial and getting more time. So the incentive is like, okay, if you just say you did it or whatever, or if you, you know what I'm saying, conform to this, then it'll get you less time. You're still going to jail, but you're getting less time versus if you try to fight this and it goes to due process, then the penalty is going to be even bigger if you're found guilty. Yeah. That's a pretty fucking tough decision because if you legitimately did not do it, you're like, you're fucked. Like how, how, like that's, got to be the most crushing moment of any person's life when you find out like if you legitimately did not do it and you deny the plea deal and you go on and do process and you're convicted guilty that's got to be fucking i don't know bro that's got to be insane yeah so now i guess tk is over i mean he's he been he been over well it, but. actually he so he appealed the um the sentencing i saw that a couple of days ago he appealed oh, really this, he appealed the 55 year sentence so I'm not sure totally how appeals work, but I do. I mean, I do know what an appeal is. Like he's trying to not get at least that many years, or he's trying to appeal what they um what they said. But basically, to have an appeal, I guess he has some other substantial evidence that can be used to defend him. Or you're trying to they give you an option to appeal the sentence if you truly feel like you've been done wrong in the due process. But then again, I don't know if the appeal is denied or if it doesn't go through. I don't know if his sentence still stays the same or. If they give him more time because the appeal got in, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know right. what the real incentive is to get an appeal other than either you get time off or, you know, best case scenario, at this point, it doesn't look like he can avoid any jail time. At, at the very least, what he could probably hope for is maybe, okay, you get a lighter sentence and then you you can be eligible for parole after a shorter amount of years. And that's about the best he can hope for. I would be totally fucking shocked if he escaped any jail time if he like if he totally yeah, washed his hands that, clean. that would be man that would be the biggest surprise that would be the biggest w of the century because <laughs> he's he's in he's in shit's creek right now he's in shit's creek right now. yeah and, and we already we already know that it was going to come to an end at some point but i mean at least he's still he's still trying to fight it it seems like yeah and, and also okay now what if he ends up breaking out or doing something and he makes a another the race? On some El Chapo shit? If he breaks yes. out of jail. The race part two. Bro. How would you feel about that? Bro, if if TK broke out of jail, like see, I'll be looking at shit like that, like, man, listen, dog, that that's cool as fuck in theory. Like you broke out of jail and you was like, fuck the system on some shit. But if he broke out of jail and if he broke out of jail, I don't think <laughs> that he would make another song. I think he would try to fucking change his identity or do some other shit because he if he broke out of jail you were supposed to be in jail so if you make another song under the same name under the same persona they're gonna easily identify you and like your bass i like your ass back up and then you're gonna get extra fucking time on top of what you already did because you broke out of prison so you know if he broke out of jail and it broke news like or people knew where he was and things like that man i don't i don't know but i would just hope that like Keep keep racing, keep racing, <laughs> keep, racing. <laughs> keep racing. Take care. The race, the marathon continues. <laughs> it would also be like the weirdest way for like the industry to get money out of this. Yeah. Like that would have to. Uh, it's, it's it's a whole lot that they would have to go through. Man, I personally listen, and it's like he's still he's still a, like the the most saddening thing about this is like okay he's not the person that directly killed the person even though obviously he was an accessory he was connected into the um he was connected into what happened but you know the flip side of that is like man it's, he's still a child like you know what i'm saying he's a whole fucking child like if he gets that maximum sentence of 55 years his whole life is gone 
behind really one incident that, you know, it was a bad decision, of course. Um, but who's to say that this man couldn't have turned his life around? You know what I'm saying? Had he not, you know what I'm saying? Because we know plenty of niggas like that. We know plenty of like people who are in those environments that TK is talking about and that he grew up in and do the shit that he does or did. And those people, once they're shown something different, they can, you know, do something different. You know what I'm saying? But if you fucking put him in jail for prison, excuse me, for 55 years, how old is he again? Like 18? He's like, yeah, about 18, I think. 18, 19 years yeah. old. You're not getting out till you're fucking like, what, eight, 70s, eight, 70, in your 70s, 80s somewhere up yeah. in there? Your whole life is gone. Like, you're in, imagine what the fucking world's going to be like when TK gets out. If he if he gets out like with whatever the fuck you know what I'm saying even if he has to do the full sentence of 55 years so man listen that's that's crushing that's yeah. crushing and he did do something wrong but what do you think of his music I didn't like so of course I know the race and I heard a few other other singles the beats was flapping uh, admittedly you know what I'm saying <laughs> admittedly um, and yeah it was just you know. To me, I perceive it as just, oh, this is just, you know, regular hood, nigga. Like, yeah, shit, like criminal misdeeds. But, like, his his youthful voice made it just sound like I'm just, like, like he he fit a Boondocks character so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, how did you, like, you related to his music or you was into his music a little bit more or a lot? Um, I liked a, a few of his songs. Uh, I think the last song that he dropped, Hard. That that song is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song is hard as fuck. That's probably my favorite song by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the race is his that, biggest song. Yeah. That, that that obviously shook the world. In fact, that entire that entire situation is kind of like legendary to the industry as far as like history or whatever. Because like I don't think we ever had a rapper like do what he did, like make a song while he was running away from the police and the government. Yeah, have, like have we? May we probably have like it's hip hop like it's not telling how many niggas was running from the police when they re- made records but to make a record while you're literally actively running and you're talking about that like I'm I'm running from the cops like literally like <laughs> it's like you're running from the cops as they're looking for you and you put it out and it blows up like that can only happen in this generation because of the internet <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like that can only happen here like because back then. If a dude was running from the police, like they better put it in a rap and say, "Oh, I was running from the police like back then." But I don't know, like how many dudes was like. I mean, it's probably been hella dudes that was like fighting court cases or fighting police shit at the time or something like that. But to like actually be on the run, yeah, I don't think I don't know. That's a good question. We have to research that. But yeah, I wonder if like has anyone done it the way he has though? Because he literally like made a video. Yeah, while yeah, like he was whole... on the run. That nigga had. His wanted poster, he was smoking a bad boy in front of his wanted poster. Like, man, f- fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck, nigga. Bro, and the thing is, man, like, he was just, you can tell he was just, like, maybe, like, and, and how I perceive him and how I know him, like, you're just, he's obviously some part of him is just a lost kid trying to find his fucking way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just trying to find your way. Like, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, if you're in that environment, that's all you know, and that's all you know to do. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, you know, as a as a fellow young black male, um, and as both of us as fellow young black males, like we see both sides of him. We don't just see him as like this evil person, like how people are trying to portray him. You know what I'm saying? Because like we we might know people like that personally who might they might be good solid people. They just made some really bad decisions because of whatever they felt was necessary. You feel what I'm saying? So, right. you know, man, listen, and like 
the people were saying like why are people saying freak take a if he shot somebody or if he killed somebody which i but he didn't do that directly right he didn't actually kill the person um so but like if he did like did he did do some wrong shit um which i guess by law he has to be punished for but i don't think it's worth no damn like 55 years if i'm being totally honest bro like okay, okay let's let's take a look at it from a different perspective then let's take a look at it from the victim's dad's perspective so ethan walker's dad actually publicly went out and said i've tried to have a good life and hate is a negative emotion but i hate three people the planner the person who pulled the trigger and the person profiting off of my son's death which is take a yes what were you about to say i was finna say um i understand that totally like I his perspective is right. Like what else is he supposed to feel? That's your yeah, son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um but just as far as like the I don't like cause what TK is actually literally guilty of is what aggravated robbery and some other shit. It's all but most of his shit was robbery based. Yeah. Cause it was a robbery where the person got killed. They were robbing his house, right? Yeah. So, and I don't know the backstory between if they even knew each other. If Ethan knew TK and the dudes that were doing it, or if they just broke into some random person's house and he just happened to get killed. I don't know the whole backstory behind that. But I know that, and like, and again, you know, I don't know like the whole, I don't know what the state of Texas law is. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is where it happened, right? In the, he's yeah. from Texas. He's from Texas. Yeah, and, and they say that Texas, they got the hardest. They, they throw the book at your ass. Yeah. Like, so, you know. That's basically what they ended up doing, too. And, like, you know, in the South, they always throw the book at niggas for whatever. You know what I'm saying? If you got damn, you're, if your driver's license is a, is a day over fucking expiration, you're getting 60 years and shit. But <laughs> Exactly. It's like, but in this case, since he, you know, he did do some serious shit, and it was a very serious situation because somebody's uh, somebody got killed. Um, but how the fuck did the person that killed him, because they testified against KK, uh, TK, who was, I guess the he's the public figure in all this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to take the biggest fall because you're what the prosecutors and what the um jury is like what they're seeing, what they're hearing about and what people are what people talk about. The other two people, nobody knows their names like publicly like that. You know what I'm saying? Even though the gunman himself logically should get the most time. Oh yeah, he he ended up getting life. Life is 25 years I thought though. Like a like, there's life which is twenty five years, but then there's a natural life sentence. Mm-hmm. It which it might have been a natural life sentence. Yeah, because I'm about to say life is just twenty five years. Oh wow. So, but if if they said he got a life sentence, because like you know when they said like oh you get a life sentence and then you hear somebody say oh he got a double life sentence or a triple life sentence, double life fifty years, triple life seventy five years. So life is just twenty five years, as I understand it, or that's what I was told. Um, but if somebody if somebody has natural life in prison, you're gonna be in prison until you die. Like you're never getting out. <laughs> so if he got life, he got less. He got thirty years less than what TK got in total. Damn. Yes. Like so, that shit don't make sense, bruh. And that could have been his only offense. You know what I'm saying? But for capital murder, I don't like. And again, it's different in every state. Um. So I guess maybe the mandate is like, oh, if you shoot somebody, you kill somebody, you get twenty five years. In Texas, that could be, or it could be a lower one, or he could have other shit that they caught him on too. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, not only are you getting killed for aggravated assault, he's also getting charged um, with robbery. So he getting both too. All three of them are at least getting robbery, right? Because it was yeah. taking two other people. 
Um, it was really seven people in total that was involved. Yeah, that that went to the house, or that was involved in the connections. Ooh, because that one I don't know. Because like it could have been a certain number of people that went to the house and actually did it, but it could have been three other people that like set it up and told them what time to do it, or you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like it could have it could have been a network of people. You know what I'm saying. So I wonder what the people who actually didn't go to the house. I wonder like if they caught up in it or whatever or whatever whatever but the whole situation is just unfortunate as fuck yo like 55 years like i wonder what his reaction was in the courtroom when they said that bro they never really showed his reaction they just showed pictures of, of his him. face and he just looked like he was just angry buff as fuck to be yeah honest. yeah <laughs> that prison food makes niggas gain weight like dang that nigga went in skinny and now that nigga has like you, a whole that picture when he turned his neck. Yeah, you, it, 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 he looked like he got a tree log in his neck. Yeah, like, his neck, his whole jawline got swollen up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah man, for real, for real again. Yeah. Cause how long he was? Cause like when you in prison, you ain't got shit else to do but eat and do push ups. At first, he was getting on the iPad and shit, and like making Instagram posts and tweets. <laughs> man, listen, man, I, yeah, I don't. And then he started. He tried to start a Rugrats gang. Oh yeah, Tay K still wants that clout now. Like and like it's like it's got to be so fucking frustrating. Like, who knows if he wanted to even have a career as a rapper or if he if he thought of himself as that. But if he did, it's like damn, like my shit blowing up, but I'm in fucking prison. You can't even really enjoy the fruits of your labor because you're in prison, bro. And you know what I'm saying? Like he made a he, that was a bad decision. He made a he might have made a lot of bad decisions in his youth and in his childhood and his young and in his adolescence now, but. I definitely believe people can change, but in, if you got 55 years, you ain't going to have time. You're not going to have time, so, yeah, man. I don't, damn, TK, damn. That's all, I, all, I can, all I can say is damn, because I don't know what else, I don't know what else can be yeah, done. I don't know what else. But if the appeal, either. if the appeal, if he appeals it and somehow gets a W in that situation, and then that's his best hope. That, that's going right to be now. interesting to see. Um. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we got on that. And, um, speaking of prison. <laughs> What's your problem? I swear we gonna have drama if you touch my telegarments. This morning, Swedish prosecutors yeah, making the decision to charge rapper ASAP Rocky and two others of assault. In a statement, prosecutors saying, despite claims of self-defense and provocation, the three men will remain in jail until the trial. Your boy ASAP Rocky is has been officially charged with um, aggravated assault. If you don't know the details about the Ace of Rocky situation, just a quick overview, because we did cover it on this podcast, I, I think an episode or two ago. Yeah. Um, just, to, um, just to recap real fast, Ace of Rocky was in Sweden, and there was this person there who was harassing him and his crew. Um, and then they proceeded to, I guess, they roughed the guy up, they beat him up or whatever, and um, Ace of Rocky and his crew were charged with aggravated assault. Now, what's interesting is that I think the bodyguard or whoever, somebody was let go initially. But it's other people that are still locked up too. So it's not just ASAP Rocky. It's other members of his crew that are still locked up as well. ASAP yeah. Rocky is just getting the most pub because he's the star of the whole group or whatever. Um, yeah, ASAP Rocky was convicted of aggravated assault this week and is now due for process in the country of Sweden. So, what are your thoughts on this? So, like, so far now he's been convicted. Um, I still do a T. Feel that it's unfair because. ASAP Rocky, like he, then he warned he warned a victim like fifteen times to stop following me, and he kept on following them and he kept on provoking them, and in fact, did you see the uh, the injury pictures? No, I didn't see the injury pictures, but I think I saw like of the guy. 
Yeah. Um, no, I didn't see him. He looked fucked up. I saw him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had, it's actually worse than I thought. He has, like, scars on his face and his elbows mm-hmm. and fingers and shit, obviously. But but still, like, I mean, that's kind of what you what you get for following these niggas that, that don't want any that don't want any of your presence or anything and he keeps on provoking them and antagonizing them so that's kind of what he gets but the victim also went on to say that yeah he he admits that he threw the headphones at the bodyguard's head but he said that he only did that because that was after the bodyguard lifted his neck up from the ground he lifted him from the neck up oh wow oh like on some like choked him by the neck and then held him up with one hand type shit yeah so the prosecutor oh, saw shit. that as self-defense oh wait on the part of him yeah the, like the nigga who threw the headphones yeah okay so, so um, okay go ahead i'm sorry yeah so that's that's pretty much why he's still in there i guess man listen okay i agree with you i agree with you like they weren't in the wrong initially asap rocky leader was on camera he said listen i'm saying it now we don't want any problems with this guy. This guy keeps antagonizing us. Whatever started the little altercation or whatever, clearly Ace Rocky and his crew didn't want it to escalate. We do know that much. You know what I'm saying? But, but see, like, I was listening to a Lord Jamar interview today with, on Vlad TV. And um, shout out Lord Jamar. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You need to get low mid on the You're Not A Mean podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? For talk. But he was saying some shit like, okay, ASAP Rocky, you kind of know, like, when you're in a different country, especially while black, well, it's it's especially while black anywhere, but, you know, you're in another country and you're black and you're a celebrity or whatever, you don't really, like, we think that because we're, like, cause we're, because we're Americans, we think that everybody operates like us with their justice system and what's illegal and what's legal in other places in other countries, and it's not. Um, so, shit, you could, you know piss on the sidewalk there you might that might be a felony somewhere you know what i'm saying whereas here <laughs> you wouldn't nobody would give a fuck so he had to be you know he said that he, you had to make smarter choices when you're in different countries because that's a whole different world essentially than what you're used to especially if you're a black kid coming from because like you go to certain parts of america it's a different world for us you know what i'm saying let alone going to another country so he said that you just got to be sometimes you got to be very wise with how you handle stuff and what you do, because he said, like, um, I think that what the point he was making, like, had that been in, like, New York or something like that, you might have got a slap on the wrist or nothing yeah, might have happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Had that been in, like, Atlanta where people get jumped all the time, you know what I'm saying, or in the hood or whatever, nobody yeah. would have turned an eye. But because you're in another country and you're a rapper and they might have an already, they might already have a biased perception of you anyway, then you're subject to more harsher consequences, which is what he's, what he's dealing with right now. Like, you, he's been in there... I think I don't know what kind of uh, I don't know if it's solitary if they have him in public, but he's been in prison for about a good going on a month now. Yeah, about three weeks. Yeah. So and so this is the other interesting part of the entire story, other than the fact that we think he's being unjustly held in prison because of the situation and the fact that they tried to defuse the situation and the guy kept provoking them. And he pretty much got what he asked for. If we're being honest, like that's that's if we're being honest, if we're being 100 percent honest, like fuck the bullshit. You got what you asked for. We gave you a warning. If if me, you and Huey are out and somebody we're saying, you know, we're a crew, it's three of us or whatever. And it's one dude and we don't want any problems. We're saying, okay, no, you good. You're cool. We don't want no problems. We're, We're trying to be cool or whatever. And this dude follows us and keeps provoking one of us, all three of us or whatever. And we beat his ass. 
the full scope of the situation now, somebody could just say, oh, y'all beat up a man, y'all fucked up. But if you get the backstory and you get the full context of it, you'll see that we didn't want any problems. That's the exact situation that they're in. And another interesting part about this story as it relates to ASAP Rocky, people are now starting to bring up, members of our community are starting to bring up his previous comments about Ferguson and the things that he said when it pertains to Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And while I disagree with his sentiments, and I'll encapsulate what he said, long story short, he can relate to the people in Ferguson. He didn't want to be an activist. You know, I live in Soho or whatever. I'm like, you know, it was that kind of <laughs> statement where he just said he kind of dis- disassociated himself from the struggle, which I didn't appreciate that. And I don't agree with what he said. And now, <laughs> now that he's going through what he's going through, though, like, will it change his perspective? Like, will you be like, you know, because I can't relate to you doesn't mean I can't have empathy or whatever. And for you to just say you don't care, like that was, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like, when you say you don't, it's one thing to say I don't understand, but when you say I don't care, that does, it comes off like some bougie shit, you know? Yeah, what you know what I'm saying? That comes off like, you know, to people who are on the bottom, it's kind of like, damn, like, dude, like, you know, some of us, a lot of us might look up to you, you know what I'm saying? I know, yeah. I knew a lot of dudes in high school who are ASAP fans, like, period, like ASAP Furry, ASAP Rocky, like the whole ASAP gang. People are very, very big fans of them in our community. So, um, especially like in their inner neighborhoods, like in the hood, where we, you know, what I'm saying, where we know people to be from. So, when, you know, I remember those comments a couple of years ago, and I felt the same way about them then as I do now. I disagree with them. They definitely came up as some rich nigga, you know, shit. Like, you know, I'm not really a part of y'all kind of thing or whatever. But now, you have support from us in order to get you out of your situation. You know. So, do you think this might be some kind of twisted karma for him? I think this. I think it. Yeah, I think this could be the universe showing him some shit like. You know, or it, nothing is by accident. Like, this obviously has a bigger purpose. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But hopefully now, and then, okay, so, yeah, another story added to this. Like, not only are we pushing him to get out, we even we even made so much noise that President Trump had to acknowledge it. And, you know, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter or whatever or on the news um, where, you know, Kanye and Kim were allegedly, I mean, not allegedly, supposedly trying to um, get in with Trump or talk to Trump about freeing ASAP Rocky. And they couldn't get it done. This was before he even got convicted. So the Sweden, the Swedish position, it seems to be like, no, like, we're staying stern on him. Because if we let him go, the people of Sweden might be like, oh, this is all you have to do. Like, would we get the same benefits if we weren't some rich rapper or some, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so they're trying to be consistent and keep him in there because he did something wrong in their eyes. As opposed to just America coming in and saying, no, you need to free one of ours. The situ- like, he shouldn't be locked up. And Sweden's just not budging. Pretty much, it seems like they're just like staying pretty stubborn when it comes to it. Even though, lo- looking at it objectively, you can't like they were defending themselves in a way. Yeah, I, I right now I can't really I can't really see why Sweden is doing this, but it may it may have a a bigger a bigger role. At, like you said, I, I started thinking a lot about that that karma shit when you when you brought that up. So I'm thinking maybe this is. Rocky's time to just just sit back, think about everything, and then come back. What do you think? Yeah, like he might come back and move totally. This might be his like you know in the entertainment industry sometimes they have these things where they call your nigga wake up call. This is definitely <laughs> a wake up call for him because the same struggles that those kids you said that you couldn't relate to or whatever they be, they will be going through the same thing more more likely than not um, that you're going through. And a lot of this has to do with you being, you know, a, a black man, a celebrity, a rapper, caught in an environment where they don't view you like they view you in America. Like where, you know, if you were, if that situation happened in America, it might be handled totally differently because you're respected and you're loved here 
versus over there, even though you obviously have fans because you were doing shows over there, the perception of you isn't as different. Like you're not this, you know, this rapper who like, oh, you're something other than something we can still punish basically the same way as if you were no better than whatever. So, yeah, I hope that he, I do hope that he still gets out. Um, I hope that he doesn't get sentenced like that would kill his career. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, I'm not like a huge intensive fan of him. Yeah. But I like some of his music here and there. Like I, I liked some of the songs off his last release that I remember, which was "Testing." I, I think I think that's his last. See, Maybe I'm, his I'm last not even, album. Yeah, I'm not even an ASAP fan, so I think that might be his last album. That yeah. came out what like 2017. Did you hear? Um. So you saw you saw the Funkflex interview with Tyler. You, did you yeah. feel about like what Tyler was I, commenting about it? I, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> actually, so. Um. Wait. Did Did you see his freestyle? Yeah, I saw Tyler's freestyle. That was <laughs> some of the bars were actually good. Like some of the bars are actually good, even though like he's not a known freestyle about it. Some of them are actually catchy. But you know. yeah. <laughs> but what he what he was saying about the ASAP Rocky thing was oh it came out in 2018. Testing came out 2018. So that's his last album. Oh. So yeah, okay. that's the last thing I remember listening to, but but at least he still has like all these other fashion ventures and stuff. Yeah, so, so that's why him and Tyler probably connect on some shit like that too. Yeah. But I yeah, I, I don't remember like was saying seeing the Funk Flex interview. I don't remember Tyler going into super details about cuz he might not even know all the details behind it. Um but I, like we knew like if you follow Tyler, if you follow ASAP, you knew that they were buddies. You knew that they yeah. were cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they were he said that the only some of the only people that he fucks with in the industry Tyler being that it was ASAP was one of the few people that he fucked with yeah like really like that like, like that actually, yeah and that was interesting it was kind of random when it happened I would have never pictured that to happen when him when ASAP and Tyler became best friends back in like 2016 never would have thought that was gonna happen but it makes sense because like they they they're both part of like this amazing group yeah, this amazing collective, and they kind of like grew up at the same time. So yeah, and they're yeah, and they grew up in the same area. You know what I'm saying? Oh, ASAP's from Nah, ASAP's from New York. ASAP's from New York, but they live in the same area now. Yeah. they're in the same circles now. Now that they're both in California and in Hollywood. So man, yeah, I hope ASAP gets his freedom. Um, because I still think he should be free. I don't think he never should have been locked up. Now, what if Trump actually tries to pull him out? Because you know, Trump has been. Saying on Twitter, like, yeah, we need to get Rocky out of there, Sweden. You're not doing your thing. Like, come on. What What do you think about that? So, you know, you, you know, this is, it's so weird to hear the concerns of the African-American community said on a broad political scale because they usually don't discuss us in terms of like, oh, the African-American community thinks this. So, like, when he yeah. in his tweet, he said <laughs> they don't, but they be like, you know, they, they use the terms like urban or, you know, they use a little buzzer for him to say, yeah. like, you saw the little press conference where he actually said, you know, because um, he said a whole bunch of things without saying anything at all. Like in that press conference when Trump was like, you know, um, the African-American community is upset by this. Yeah, it's, it's really upset about ASAP Rocky and. Um, you know, they've been pushing and they've been talking really loud about it. So we just got it so big. We clamored for it so much that they had to listen to some of what we were saying. And um, my view on what Trump is trying to do, it's commendable. You know, I don't think you would do this for any other. But like, it's it's a rich I, rapper that, it's you know, you can relate to him because y'all both rich. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there's that. Like, it, Trump is probably like, OK, I'll free this one. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> 
he seems to be, you know, he's a good, you know, he seems to be, he's a cool rapper, you know. I'll free this one. And especially because, again, we're pushing so hard for him to be free as a community. And we're big enough in America to where you have to listen to us as a community. You know, so you have to take some of what we say into consideration sometime, goddamn. Yeah, he's trying to come back for a second term. He's trying, <laughs> trying to get that nigga pass. <laughs> yeah, he wants to, he, he want that hot sauce in the bag. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, nah, you remember? Y'all vote for me because I did free y'all nigga ASAP. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's thinking like that. But even you know what I'm saying, that's another discussion. But I do think that it's at least surface level commendable that he at least acknowledged the fact that ASAP Rocky shouldn't be locked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's more than I would expect from somebody like the like like Trump. Do you think that Kanye conversation kind of woke up Trump a little bit? <laughs> so I think that that conversation and I, you know, I'm a Kanye Stan fan, whatever. I watched the whole fucking thing all the way through. And Kanye was saying some shit like, but Kanye was actually saying some shit that we tangibly need to do. Like, it would help a lot, the shit that he was saying. Trump's face throughout the whole thing looked like, okay, like, what the fuck is he really talking about? (laughs) Like, so the fact that even if Trump didn't understand exactly what Kanye was saying, Kanye did do us a favor about, like, just bringing it to Trump's radar, if nothing else. Um, Because, again, he's a rich, he's a rich black person. So Trump is only going to really relate the best to rich black people. You know what I'm saying? Or especially our celebrities, because he is a celebrity. So, yeah, I think that, you know, it at least woke up his consciousness a little bit to see, like, what we need and the standpoint that we're coming from, since you just generally, he just generally probably wouldn't understand. You know? So I do think it woke him up a little bit. Yeah, maybe a a little bit. You're still, he's still a rich asshole racist piece of shit, but (laughs) you're, like... Okay, we, we've given you a little something else to work with here. So, and so, oh, did you see his tweets after um he found out that um Rocky had been convicted? Like, um he said something. To, he he was very disappointed in Sweden and things like that. Like, yeah, I, he, I saw yeah. those tweets. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, but now is he like okay? Well, shit, we tried. He's t- <laughs> or is he's like we're still gonna keep pushing for him to get free? Or is he gonna make some kind of offer? Or you know what I'm saying? That would be kind of cool to see if he if he's still trying to push to get him out. If he's still trying to push it to get out, then I would actually be like, it, it, it would be cool to see because I feel like he wouldn't go out of his way to do that. But I guess just to make us happy, mm-hmm. that would be cool. But now, does it, does he get does he get the nigga card for this though? No, he don't get no nigga card for this <laughs> because <laughs> it's like listen, whatever the nigga card is, and I'm putting that in quotations or whatever. Like that's the pass or you get some kind of like you might okay for me you get a couple claps if he gets out like because there's a whole bunch of other shit that you could be doing to help us but like he's except rocky's the token in this situation so he because he's the token he's the symbol being used for like okay well i care about like you know if you free asap rocky you still could give a shit about black people in total but it would do us well since we're pushing for him to get out and since he was wrongly in prison for you to help him get out. You know what I'm saying? It was he would probably use that as ammo to run again, like you said. He wants that second term. He would he he definitely wants that second term. So now that he's starting to see he there's something in it for him. You know what I'm saying? He's not just doing this. He, there's some benefit for him because he sees the people that are coming out now trying to, you know, their whole everybody's whole agenda is that, oh, I'm just not Trump. You seen the candidates come out now for twenty twenty? So he's probably like, man, shit, I need to goddamn see if I can goddamn make this shit work for me. So he's probably really trying to get him out to secure the black vote or some black support, which I don't think still he'll he won't get that even if he does free him. But 
will give him a moment of acknowledgement of, okay, you did something cool. <laughs> I think that's what we should do, or that's what I would do. You know what I'm saying? But, like, long story short, like, Ace Rocky should be free. Ace Rocky should be free. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Ace Rocky well. should be free. I just feel like he doesn't, especially not two years. That, I, don't, I don't. I feel like he doesn't deserve that. For that's the that's what he could possibly get. Yeah, that's that that's what he could possibly get up two to two years. Years for jumping a dude who was harassing you and you tried to defuse the situation. Like I can't even imagine what his mind state is right now. Hell no, he don't deserve the two years. He don't. He doesn't deserve the three weeks he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So in fact, yeah. three weeks should be the cap for really. really? Like you should be done right after this week. Like, yeah. Like I don't know. And I wonder what the black people. You know, it, it, very few of them in Sweden. But I wonder what the black people in Sweden, like all of two percent of them, <laughs> think about the situation. Like I haven't heard much of anything from over there. From um, um, African or well, African people in Sweden. So, hey man, like we said, we think ASAP Rocky should be getting the fuck out as soon as possible. ASAP should be getting out ASAP. Um, I had to have that head ass <laughs> line in there because I said as soon as possible, but I was like, oh shit, like that's you know what the fuck. Yeah, ASAP Rocky should be out of prison, bro. And sincerely, from the Lomit podcast, we think that for sure, and we're on ASAP side. Um, in this situation. Even though, like, and I want to see, like, if his perspective changes now, if he's a changed man after this. I'm pretty sure he'll be a changed man in some way after this. Yeah, I hope he doesn't become more angry after this. That's what is his next project going to sound like? Like, what the fuck is he going to rap about after the situation? You have to rap about yeah, it. Yeah, he, ha- he has to talk about it. You have to he, talk about he it. He has to. Like, you can't just come back and be like, I'm in Fendi and but like, like, you got to talk about <laughs> you was locked up for three weeks in the whole black community and half the country was pushing for you to get out. <laughs> like you have to talk about that like yeah, cuz yeah, if you just yeah. came back if you just came back and just was like I appreciate you appreciate y'all and still went on some like model shit fuck, yeah <laughs> went on some like not even just that but just like on some like I don't I still don't really fuck with them like that I still don't care I'll be like god damn like what the fuck that'd be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah. you, you bro if you get if he gets out and he doesn't get convicted you do owe some of that if not all of it to us the community because we were screaming the hardest for you to get out we have been bro we've been on your side we've been supporting you bro we've been supporting you and the people that don't even like i would assume that shit most of like okay let's say this right here i was thinking about this on the way over here as far as like fan bases and things like that him and tyler are really cool right Mm -hmm. for for if we're going to be truthful him and tyler's fan base probably is not a lot of black people like black especially black men like Tyler's music. Can you imagine like people on the west side of Atlanta where you're from, like like over there listening to Tyler Creator or ASAP? Nah, <laughs> I'm saying like, well, maybe maybe ASAP for sure. Maybe ASAP because he's he got that little more of like the New York kind of you know street edge yeah. to him or whatever. But can they like? I I would assume like a lot of ASAP's fan base is white, um. So and a lot of Tyler's fan base is white, so they might have some similarities like you know as far as that too, which but you know like. Even though your fan base probably feels like you should be out, um, and generally, I think on a service level, all Americans, if you know the whole situation, unless you're just a racist prick and you just hate black people or whatever, you should, logically you should think that this man should just be out. Like, there's nothing for you to sit here and say, "Oh, he should stay in there." <laughs> like, even if he beat the dude up, it was a whole reason why. Yeah, and they gave him 15 warnings, bro. 
That's what I'm saying. And you have to ask people, if you were in that position, if somebody was egging you on and just like, that's like if somebody's like, you don't want to fight and somebody's just poking you, poking you, poking you, poking you, and you swing on them and then you get locked up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, nah, that's what this situation is. So ASAP, man, free ASAP, man. Free ASAP, yeah, dog. Free ASAP. So let's move on to our top three. So this week, we wanted to share our top three favorite producers of all time. Now, this was very difficult to narrow down because the more we thought about it, the more we're like, damn, this nigga sounds cool. And then, damn, that nigga made that album. Right. And then, damn, that nigga worked with that rapper. So, yeah, after a lot of thought and consideration has gone into our album. Our, I mean, a lo- after a lot of thought and consideration has gone, in, gone into our list. All right, so... Hmm. Hmm. Damn, I'm still narrowing it down. To be honest, there's so many. Man, there are. That's what I'm. And then it's like, like we were discussing before the show. It's like, you can do it. Like, oh, these are like my favorite perennial all time, or like just my recent ones. Cause, man, damn. Yeah, fuck, fuck it. For me, it's gonna be a mix of both. So yeah, yeah. number three, uh, I'm gonna just start off safe, maybe. We're just gonna go with Weezy Beats. Weezy out of here. Uh, Weezy out of here. Yeah, Weezy out of here. Yeah, he, I fuck with his tag and shit, man. His beats are it, not only do the 808s go hard, and not only is he so cautious with how he pro- like where he places the 808s, but the samples that he chooses to flip. Yeah. Oh my yeah, bro. god. He he be finding some like some magical gems from like all types of genres, and he just turns it into like high quality trap music that anyone can just flow on like, i noticed that anyone can just flow on this beat exactly bro and like see yeah his, his tag is fire and he just has a penchant for like it's some people that just have like a penchant for being like just doing really well done quintessential trap beats like that's what he's really good like that's his niche or whatever like if, like you've heard his tag somewhere you know what i'm saying like yeah i mean he has he has he has hella hits yeah, like, like, could you name a couple of them just for the viewers yes, or listeners? I'm sorry. Yes, indeed, by Lil Baby and Drake. Um, yeah. Champion. He was. He's on that championships album with Meek Mill. Of course. Uh, and which song was that though? Dang, he has a he has a lot of stuff with Young Thug, like yeah. Pull Up mm-hmm. on a Kid, and a lot of recent stuff too. And of course, he's on he's on Gun to stuff. Of course. Um, let me see. What else has he done? Because I know a lot, and I know in his earlier work, he was working with a lot of Atlanta rappers like Jose Guapo, yeah. Weezy, 21 Savage, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah 21, 21 had the shit on lock while Weezy was fucking with him. Um, but he's just, he's been highly prolific, and he's just been able to keep his name in the in the mix for a long time. Like, you got to respect that. And he's like, what, early 30s, I think? Early third, dang! I didn't even know is his he, age to be honest. Is he, I think Weezy, cause I like I remember hearing about you know Weezy out of here since like late middle school. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> really? Yeah, like, um, yeah, like I remember hearing him like when I was like eighth, ninth gradeish. Yeah, to tell you the truth, I didn't even see a picture of him until like a few days ago, because he's one of those low key, one of those low key producers that just oh he's a, oh he's 26. Oh, 26. Oh. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, Weezy definitely producer that's getting his name out there. A lot of place, a lot of good placements, a lot of interesting samples that he chooses to flip. Yeah. 
I definitely. Oh, he worked with Rich Homie Kwan too. That's where I kind of know him from. Like initially, yeah. Rich Homie Kwan shit. Barter Six, obviously, he was on that. He was on there heavy a lot with the production. Um, Slime Season. Um, Louis, 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 Louis Vert. Like he's worked with a lot of just too many damn people to name. Um, yeah, that's a yeah. That's he's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty up there now. He's like he's definitely like a solidified uh, producer. Like he's pretty solidified. Yeah, he's pretty so solidified now. Can't wait to see where he goes as far as his sound because, you know, every producer does have a copycat. So I want to see I want to see how he evolves. That's the most interesting part. Right, 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 right. All right. (sighs) Fuck. Okay. I'm going to my list is going to be comprised similar to Nemo's. I'm going to have maybe I don't know. It's going to be a mix of people who have been in the game for a minute and people who are been in the game for a minute now, but they're newer. Um, so my number three, I'm gonna play it safe as well. I'm just gonna go with safe. Um, Wait, his name is Safe? No, no, no. no. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! I did say that kind of confusing. Like I'm gonna just go with safe. Like safe's my number three. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna play it safe, and I'm gonna play it truthfully though. Um, my number three, I'm gonna roll with uh, Metro because Metro Boomin, um, he's pretty much un like like what's what's the term? Um, He's not been officially crowned the king of Atlanta producers, but he was definitely that for a long time. I feel like he is the king of Atlanta trap. You think he is? Yeah, I, and he's not even from Atlanta. That's the crazy thing. Where is he from? He's from St. Louis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He is from St. Louis. He is from. But he got he, he had such a fucking like a fucking stronghold on Atlanta yeah, music for so long. A, about a decade, bro. Literally about a decade. Like it was like it was Zaytoven kind of in the mix and then metro came in and then metro just kind of took over the production landscape because yeah, metro that was Ooh. that was like the first producer i ever seen that got that name fame like a rapper but he was like a producer like or just like solely known for producing and people he got famous for that like in our generation the producers are more famous now than ever because the beats are so fucking fire but <laughs> and because the, the production is as diverse as it's ever been in um hip-hop so yeah, man. Number three, I'm gonna have to roll Metro Boomin because, contemporarily speaking, over the last ten years, and then so like he showed a great deal of diversity too. Because not only is he like, we know he's the trap, like we know he's the king of trap beats, like we know <laughs> that this man can wake up at five o'clock in the morning, wipe the crust from his eye, and spend thirty seconds flipping the, flipping a snare and having a bass line and it's a hit. You know what I'm saying? Like all he needs, he needs like three instruments to make a good beat, like. And um, so he, we know he has that on lock. But then also, like the fact that you you've, you Kanye has reached out to you and you did like you did that beat yeah. "Follow Stretch My Hands," which is yeah. a fucking great beat. You know what I'm saying? Like me, like a couple years ago, I was like, oh, like he on some like you can only not do the trap hood shit, but you can do like the grandiose yeah. kind of sounding like the real the more like what's the word I'm looking for yet yeah, like grandiose like orchestrated orchestra- type of shit yeah he, like yeah, you, know, you know how Kanye go he yeah, like to go big and Kanye Kanye's the you know grandiose um bravado kind of you know yeah. ambiance theatrical kind of sounding person so the fact that he was able to tap into that too um with still a little bit of that like that trap influence in there mm-hmm. and it sounded fine which was the result of father stretch my hands and um that shit was yeah, that shit's still great to this day. I um, like what you said about his diversity. He's, like, yeah, he's worked with a lot of different artists. He knows how to he knows how to work with like the mumble rappers, like like Future. He knows yeah. how to work with the lyrical rappers, like Big Sean. Yeah. So he's got a lot of 
great placements in his bag. Bro, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't even you you can't deny that he's like gonna be remembered forever in the game. And the albums that he's done also. Right. The um what's my favorite twenty one album? it's between um oh see the last one that he dropped, all like I listen to the album like at least one or two songs every single day. Are you talking about I am greater than I was? No, the last Metro album. The, oh, um, oh, the, uh, all, all heroes, heroes wear capes. capes. Now, yeah, that one. I think that's the peak of trap music. That shit is so beautiful, bro. And the like the, the keys that he decided to use on that, yeah. like with the only one interlude and the lesbian song with um Gunna and like yeah. those keys, bro. I I fuck with those keys, man. But even like without warning was five, of course. With um, it was him and Twenty One and Offset, I think, with that one. Yeah. And he had, you know, of course, he had to collab with Big Sean. So man, and then, but he made his name with Future. Future's yeah. what gave him his footing. Cause I remember like when I was like tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade or whatever, I was heavy in Future, like in high school, like <laughs> when fucking um yeah when, metro was all over future we, we had when dirty sprite first came out they're gonna talk about yeah, the streets was, calling like metro was, was on dirty sprite purple rain bro bro that was they was peanut butter and jelly you feel what i'm saying so yeah and you really can't knock metro's grind and hustle you can't because like when he was when he was in high school he went to school in st louis but every weekend he would go to atlanta to, to make records but like gucci man and shit you yeah. know how far that is bro yeah like bro yeah man so match was my number three um one of the most prolific atlanta producers in history um he's he's gonna be considered a legend if he's not already considered a legend now he's 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 um he's found his place he's niched his place in the game you know what yeah. I'm saying for sure. Metro is definitely here like to our stay. kids, our sons are gonna like they're gonna be like, yo, I went back and I found some of Metro stuff. Like, yeah, and man, he's he literally created and influenced the way trap music is. Yeah, nigga is so fine. Yes, bro. So yeah, Metro's my number three. Yeah, that's a good that's a good number three pick. Um, for my number two, I'm gonna go with, oh man, I'm gonna go with Madlib. Whoa, okay. Yeah. I feel that. Madlib is crazy, dumb, stupid, good. Yeah, Madlib, man. Uh, he's become, he's also become a recent favorite for me because really just, really just going back into the history and looking at who a lot of my favorite producers are inspired by. Yeah. There are, a lot of them are inspired by Madlib, and a lot of my favorite rappers are inspired by that one album he did, that motherfucker, the Mad Villainy. Yeah. Oh, that might be the only ten out of ten album ever, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only ten out of ten rap album. But man, the samples that he flips, the way he does it is just so crazy. And then the drums are just like the icing on the cake for it. Yes, his drum selection is fucking crazy, especially on that Freddie Gibbs project. Yes. Now. He wanted to work with MF Doom again, and I really would love if he did another project with MF Doom. But he ended up finding a niche with Freddie Gibbs, and, and, and in my opinion, it's an even better niche. Yeah. Because the pinata joint, ooh, the beats on there are so fucking crazy. But then Freddie Gibbs rapping is so better. It's, it's so much better yeah. on the bandana joint. Yeah. So, oh my God. So, Madlib really has like three classics. Well, that I, that I know of. He probably has more, but I just know him for his work with MF Doom and Freddie Gibbs. And that alone is why he's on this list. And oh, also because he inspired a lot of other amazing producers. He did, for sure. Like, yeah, Mad Lib is definitely like, and he's somebody that 
you you have to be a student of the game to really know him because like of course like if you just listen to hip hop on the surface level you're you're not gonna know a lot of people in the game if you listen to it on the surface level but Madlib like for hip hop um as we call them purists um or you know as we call them again older heads or just people if, <laughs> if that's your lane you would know about Madlib and like you said man even just based on his recent projects with Freddie alone the beats like and he has like this like if you listen to his beats he has like this like this uh. Like his beats kind of creep in sometimes, and you'd be like, "Damn, see, that's what I'm, like that little, just that little detail with Mad Lib's beats make that shit fire, bro." You know, I, I really fuck with how he does like a weird ass intro, and I'm thinking, "Oh, this shit is fire." I wonder how he's gonna rap, but then he fucking switches Which is it the whole shit. to an even weirder fucking sound, and he rocks that shit, and then a rapper comes and spit. Bro, this nigga Madlib is crazy, bro. Y'all niggas need to watch out, bro. Watch out for Madlib. <laughs> bro, bro, yeah, and he's like, yeah, bro, yeah, I, I agree. Madlib has a, has a lot of talent. He's been putting on display for a while, and he'll he'll always have he'll always have people in the industry who gonna fuck with him. But now, did you know this? Did you know that his beats are in Boondocks? Yes, I did know that. Of course, they're in Boondocks. That, yes, that, that's his lane. Period. Because like all those people, like be, like people like 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 Killer Mike and Madlib, and like that whole cr- crop of like rappers who have that same kind of energy and cadence, and who would bind with those producers the best. Yes, because like um, I was listening to the Boondock soundtrack, and the book. By the way, you know, what I'm saying just in your spare time as a listener, if you don't check out that Boondock soundtrack, that's like that you know that real like authentic kind of just classic hip-hop kind of type shit like yeah the roots of hip-hop like a lot of that has that kind of traditional sound to it and yeah i knew madlib was and the alchemist is on the um on the boondock soundtrack really yes oh what the fuck yes both of them bro because aaron magruder is like for the culture like you know that's what aaron magruder is for the culture intended like aaron magruder know about you know gotta gotta have that soulful so yeah like yeah that weird shit need that (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying like you yeah so yeah mad lives definitely bro that's that's just that's such a strong pick because he's been in the game like just grinding and for a long time and like he's perfectly solidified as well you know what i'm saying as a a legendary hip-hop producer bro i remember one time when i was like eight years old watching boondocks I was watching this one scene, and they had, uh, they had they had one MF Dong's MF Dong. They had one MF Doom song playing in the background, and I think it was all caps. Yeah, it had to be all caps. Yeah, of course. It, it had to be all caps. Or wait, wait, was it? You talking about the damn his, his name? No, nah, I'm talking about I'm talking about which song they were playing. Anyway, oh yeah, they, yeah. they were playing some MF Doom, and I was like, "What the fuck? This shit is the hardest shit I've ever seen." Mm-hmm. And it took me like nine years to find it. <laughs> it. Man, yeah, man, that's and yeah. Shout out to the Boonocks for keeping those people who have been staples and cornerstones of the culture, um, keeping <laughs> them with jobs and providing employment for them and stuff like that. Because too many times, it's just like the people on the underground, the people in the trenches, get forgotten about. So I'm glad that the and now like with Freddie Gibbs, this is probably the biggest Freddie Gibbs has ever been. He just did a Breakfast Club interview. You feel me? Like oh yeah, he yeah. did a Breakfast Club interview. So now oh and Madlib just did his first interview ever. Really? Yeah. With who? With um, fuck, who was it? Oh, it was Hot ninety seven point. Wait, was it Funk Flex? That was no, it wasn't. It, I, I think it was the same radio station though. Which same radio station? Okay, so Hot ninety seven. Yeah. yeah, Hot ninety seven. Yeah, something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. That's those are that's he's a he's a great producer who has a great ear for just like he sinks his teeth into it, and you can just tell like, 
you can just you get a feeling from it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so that's fuck. Madlib is dope. Madlib yeah. is dope. All right, isn't it? For my number two. Oh my gosh, my number my number two slot was my hardest fucking placement. Like that was the hardest like one for me to pick a producer for because, like. Okay, I was considering a few names for this. You know what I'm saying? I was considering a few names for this because I like so many people. Like we were saying earlier, it was hard to narrow it down. But for number two, um, because of a period where I was listening to a lot of his music and the repay value that I think a lot of his songs have and the influence that he's had on production that I love now, I'm going to have to go with Pharrell Williams. Oh, shit. I'm gonna have to go Pharrell Williams because Pharrell's producing style, like Pharrell has an affinity for those types of drums. Like that kind of, like, I don't know how to perfectly describe it, but his drums, like his songs have a certain bounce to them every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like in the his bridges are really well done. Like his bridges are fucking impeccable. Like one of the best examples I can give is actually from a soundtrack from that um, movie Hidden Figures that came out like a couple years ago. He helped executive produce that. It was about the three women, um, the three black women who, um, one of them was like a really good mathematician. Another one of them was an astronaut. And um, yeah, like that was. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, like you know, but it's a good movie. I recommend it. But he was an executive producer on that, and the song Able from that soundtrack that he produced the bridge on that was just like i love the bridge on that because it's like a doom 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 and then like but the baseline and actual like the foundation of the beat is actually really good too and of course his neptune shit like <laughs> n-e-r-d like yeah, go check out shit with nerd go that. go check out all of those albums if you haven't um i really recommend them just to hear like the because he he influenced you know he's one of the the biggest influence of tyler yeah. who we love the production of you know what i'm saying like Igor, Earthquake is Neptune's all day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ne- Earthquake is Neptune's all day. I hear the Pharrell. And, like, I've been hearing the Pharrell in Tyler since he started. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been hearing, like, because when Tyler was coming out, that's when I was just old enough to really start getting into Pharrell's older stuff and his stuff with the Neptunes and NERD and things like that. And, like, Pharrell has been, again, another highly prolific producer um, who, like, when you hear Pharrell talk, like, you get the vibe that this dude is just like one of the most down to earth, chill, humble guys, yeah. but also one that has in the industry you gotta have supreme confidence no matter how you channel that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I would love to sit down and talk for real and talk production shit and just talk about life and shit because that's yeah. what I gather for Pharrell, dog. So yeah, for real, he's definitely one of the goats. Yeah, like he, he's one of those names where like you just it kind of goes without saying most of the time. It's kind of <laughs> like well, duh, like he's not somebody you really have to go searching for. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, now for the newer generation coming up behind us, they probably might have to search more. Yeah. So, just because he's a little bit older and for real, it's like 40 on the other side of 40. So, even but though he, he doesn't show it, he does not age. show it in his, yeah, he does not show it and he definitely doesn't look it. So, like, yeah, man, for real, my number two. Um, and I can say that pretty strongly because not only because of his, um, his, um, prolific, um, nature in the game, but also, man, just, I don't know. His his songs make you feel some type of way. Like anything that makes you feel it, or just that feeling that you got, or just the fact that like, bro, you've influenced so many fucking people who are great now. You know what I'm saying? That we listen to in our generation and shit. Like yeah. So for real, shout out, bro. And like shit, real quick. Like 
was happy not the biggest song ever yeah at one point and like that's not even like one of my more favorite like that's a pop song but that's not even like one of my more favorite songs from him it's still a good song like yeah i can you know you can ride to it and it sounds good to the ear but even the the more you know nerdy stuff pun intended and the neptunes and stuff like that the stuff that you might actually connect with more on a personal level as far as like production or whatever yeah that's just just yeah yeah bro yeah i never realized how involved pharrell was until like a few days ago also because like i noticed that he produced a lot of big hits that i didn't even know he produced that's what i'm saying because like the the way i even noticed that is because i noticed a similar pattern he has like a, a tag at the beginning of his beats like all the time he does that that four count that four count yeah beat that mm, 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 right right yeah that that shit's fine i didn't i didn't i didn't know that till like last and he week. can sing yeah of, co- of course he can of, sing of course <laughs> can sing i, I think it for real he, he can sing like he's known for he's just as famous for as for making beats as he is just like being a songwriter and a, like a singer which is rare so yeah man shout out for real dog it's, i think it's dope oh shit dang it's down on my number one the number one my number one's gonna like Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Alright, so my number one pick, I can confidently say right now. Yo, Pierre, you wanna come out here? (laughs) It's Pierre Bourne. Word. Not only because of the way he's revolutionizing the Cardi sound and the trap sound, but also because his samples also are really weird, but they, they work. Ha- they, they work. They work, they work like, like shit. shit. And <laughs> it's not even the samples that that he really specializes in. It's his choice of chords mm-hmm. and how he does his melodies. He kind of does like a video game style melody that you can just vibe with. And then the way his 808s hit, it just it just makes you vibe to that shit in like in a different way. I don't know. Like he he makes some really good vibes, and he's worked with a, a multitude of different artists other than Cardi. He's worked with. Uh, shit, let me pull up his shit right now. <laughs> yeah, because it's that, like you can't even like producers. That's the thing. Producers are so highly prolific because people can just DM you. You can just send 10, 15 beats out a day to 10, 15 different people. Like, <laughs> so shit, you, you never know where a hit's going to come from. So he's most known for Magnolia. Obviously. Yeah. Which but is still a great, it's a great beat. It's, it's a great beat. But after hearing like a multitude of Pierre beats, you're like, wow, Magnolia isn't even like all that because like yeah. he has like so many other amazing sounds in his beats like and he produced a lot of nudie too yeah so he's worked with uh nudie he's got a couple projects with young nudie he's an east atlanta rapper um he's got multiple projects with playboy cardi of course and he's worked with lil uzi he's done songs with uh trippy red six nine uh, he never really wanted to work with six nine but you know he just had the get bag on. i guess that was and yeah. um he also worked with on you know gunna obviously yeah oh wait wait which gunna songs did he work with uh yeah which gunna y- songs did he ysl do? drip season two really? which will, will play by cardi yeah that's what it says i heard oh, i knew well, that but oh. that's what it says too i knew oh that, okay oh well i figured but i but for that one, it doesn't really sound too much like Pierre. I mean, I, it, maybe the drums or... No, no, maybe the sample is Pierre, but that that one had like three other niggas on it. I could hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. I, I just feel like Pierre Bourne, he, 
you completely encapsulates like what our generation sound is mm -hmm. and that's like a bunch of video game sounds with like poppy 808s and an ear an ear syrup yeah an ear syrup and <laughs> he said ear syrup ear syrup <laughs> um but another thing that i like about pierre born is his um ability to uh his ability to create any artist's sound or enhance any artist's sound like he he i'm trying to i forgot the word that describes it but he knows he, he knows how to produce more than one sound in a creative way because like yeah. I, I noticed that the beats for pierre's solo album the one he's rapping on is is way different than what he would make for young nudie or what he would make for cardi he knows how to tap in into other avenues exactly is yeah exactly and he and he does it in a creative way so yeah i fought with pierre board for that oh and he also kind of reminds me of myself because like he's also a, a skinny young nigga that's innocent at heart but it's funny i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but you know yeah i'm cool whatever we can vibe but when it comes to these beats i'm i'm gonna chop the shit up and make the shit work i'm gonna find yeah so yeah yeah like man yep and also um another example of his diversity as far as a producer will be that song um one of his bigger one of his other bigger songs is watch you remember that song with uzi travis scott and kanye mm -mm. um look at my roly uh look at your roly and that's a small face and that's a big face we'll, we'll check it out later on it came out a couple years ago and that was like right on the wave of magnolia so people were just starting to really find out who he was in the like bigger community bigger larger yeah. hip-hop community so but even when that song there's a sample of um some video game i think it is in the beginning of that song because like you can tell it's like because the sound is like mm, 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 mm. Mm, 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 mm. And then the bass line just comes in. The bass line and the drums is like, you know, standard 808s and the, you know what I'm saying? But the melody or the actual, like, sample from it ties it together really nicely. Like, so that's just yeah. fine. So, like, when, when, when we played it, when I play it for you, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. But that's another example of how just diverse his um, production is all in one song. Like, he can go, like, it felt like he going in a couple different lanes in one song sometimes. And um, did he handle, like, he handled a good bit of production on Die Lit, right? Yeah, he handled like most of it. Okay, and well, like yeah, yeah, about yeah, most of it. Yeah, because like him and Playboy Cardi, like that's where Playboy Cardi you came up off that song really the hardest. Magnolia, and that was him produced. So they probably like they have that maybe that kind of same Metro Future connection like with Pierre. Yeah, and, it's that's exactly yeah. what it is right now. Yeah, bro. I really so fuck with that. yeah, Pierre Bourne definitely a talent talented producer. Definitely one of the hottest producers right now. Um, and I, I liked a couple of his songs off to his uh, solo project, even to your point, they didn't sound like something we would probably expect the most from Pierre Bourne, but I think that was his, that was maybe his intent was yeah. to kind of show us like, bro, like I'm on some different shit or whatever, because like nowadays it's, you don't want to get put into a box because people are so quick to put you in one. Like, cause like people, um, what's the word? Um, compartmentalize you so fast into one thing. So they're like, he wants to show like, okay, well, I'm good at this, but you know, I'm also good at this, so I can, you know, be here for a while. So yeah, yeah. shout out Pierre Bowman. He's definitely dope, bro. Yeah, he be yeah, he's been trying to make that statement with this album. And another another thing that I found interesting about the making of that album was that a lot of the beats that were supposed to be on this album were actually taken by like Playboy Cardi or someone he was working with. Oh, word. Yeah, so like when he's in the studio and shit and a nigga picks a, a beat, he's like, damn, shit, I already wrote a song to that. 
guess I just gotta make another one. <laughs> yeah, cause I I know like, cause it's like I'm also since I'm also like you know once I get more equipment and stuff like that, I want to just see what I can do more with production. So like, for the like the last year or two, especially during like my junior year, this past junior year, I was like when I was listening to music, I was paying especially close attention to like the producers and the beats and where they play certain things and stuff like that and how you structure it in that way and listening to like all these producers or whatever like 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 on a surface level you can say oh all of it sounds the same but if you look intrinsically and intensively you'll see the little nuances that are different about each yes, one and that's what really separates one producer from the next man and that's that shit's so cool to me yeah bro like so and I yeah yeah hell yeah and I want to see like see now that you can like because you know like Pierre Bourne made the Magnolia beat on his fucking phone he made it on his phone yes okay okay hold up now okay so I know he made that shit in five minutes because they were on the way to get some Zaxby's and he, he made, made it on shit. his phone yeah but I didn't know he made it on his phone I thought he just had his laptop in his car or maybe or might have been yeah it was something yeah okay so maybe you might you might be right it was something I I read somewhere that he made it on his phone I heard somewhere I'm pretty sure I heard that but. I don't know. Well, that it's is, possible. That is a very simple beat, so it, it's possible. But I I can't imagine that. No, I can't imagine. That. But even if he but even if he did the beat in five minutes, like it's that that beat is still ear melody. It's still ear syrup. You know what I'm saying? To hear no, he he couldn't have made that beat in five minutes on the phone. I can understand if he made it five minutes on the computer, but on the yeah, phone, okay, you, know, so. you, you know how tricky it is to make beats on the phone, bro. What the fuck, bro? And that, that's all I literally. I've literally had to work with because like I don't know if you're familiar with this app, but you remember that music maker, the music maker app? Like if you if you just type in oh beat maker in app store, that'll be the first thing that pops up is oh music maker. So <laughs> I was like I was like making very, very bad like elementary beats. Like I've downloaded that app a couple times, just like I think like when I first graduated or like in 2016 or whatever, when I was just seeing what I could do, because I had an interest back then too. It just kind of comes and goes and heightens and lowest for me when it comes to production but i was like man i'm gonna get like a couple of drums and some synths and i'm just gonna make this shit work and i'm gonna see what i can do with this and i was like dang if unless you got the money to pay for the trials you're not gonna have access to do the shit that you really want to do so making beats on the phone is hard but i think i did hear somebody say he made that beat in five minutes on his fucking cell phone bro wow okay that's crazy and that shit made it to like the billboard. Imagine that a beat that you made on your phone makes it to the billboard. Bro, come on. <laughs> and but also too, since he was already producing, he if he did make it on his phone, he had the money to get those extra trials and have access to all the tools that are available in these in these uh production apps on the phone. Which I don't think even I don't think you know if you have the money to access to them, you should have access to some pretty good sounds <laughs> or some pretty interesting sounds. But yeah, whether it was a laptop or a computer, I mean a laptop or a cell phone. The beat, the beat wound up being dope anyway. And the fact that he did it in five minutes shows you that he's already suck, sunk his teeth into his craft pretty nicely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to PR Burn, bro. You're dope as fuck. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, All right. My lame ass, not lame, number one, but it's like when I say his name, you're going to be like, oh, wow. Like everybody's going to be like, that's like a very like easy person to have a number one because he's not even known. Like, he's become so much more than just a producer now, and he's also like, like I feel like I already know you know what, what it, is. it is. You probably know what it is. My number one producer of all time, based off sheer replay value, and the fact that I literally he's one of the few producers where I've actually looked up 
a production discography playlist of his. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with, uh, you know what I'm saying, Kanye West. Yeah, I knew it, man. His sample was, oh, my God. So, all right, everybody, so, like, because he's such a mainstream person, like, I just can't help that I gravitate to this man's ear. You know what I'm saying? The best. Because when I listen to Kanye, and so, like, oh, and I went back and listened to, like, his, like, I'm talking about when Kanye was in the come up, like, the early, like, the mid-90s when he was doing beats for, like, Do or Die and things like that. Shit, and the beats, even, that he, the beats that he was doing when um, he was still in high school, those are on YouTube. And, like, I remember um, listening to those beats. Like, obviously, coming up, we heard this, we heard his own personal music first. You know what I'm saying? His office yeah. albums. <laughs> but then, like, when you look at his production discography for all the other shit that he's done for other people, like, obviously, we know he produces hard as fuck for Pusha T obviously we know he produces hard for a lot of people on his label you know what I'm saying but in the fact that he like came in the game as a straight producer and then you know, has morphed into what he's become now he's known more for his rapping than he is his production if when people think of Kanye West they think of like oh that rapper but like if yeah. you say like oh if you think of like if you say Dr. Dre people think of oh that producer yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> so like yeah man like Kanye is my number one um Aside from all the obvious stuff that he's done on all his albums, which he he doesn't have a bad album, he has one of like the strongest discographies in my opinion in hip hop. But let's I wanted to look at his like he knew himself as a person and as a producer so well, and even though all of his albums have like a different sound palette, um, they're all encapsulated very well with what he's trying to go for because he can sink himself into something and study something so well and deliver it through whatever medium he wants to get it through so like i'll say for me my favorite kanye production period shit because like one of the more weaker periods to me was like the um um the cruel summer period with like you know mercy and oh like, that's we, like 2011 we, 2011 2014 kind of era where he, yeah. he was on the good fridays and things like that and like of course it can't be bad because it's him but just compared to his other production work i think that's probably the period where it lags the most for me personally even though it was some good singles that came out of that but that period was weird for all kanye fans to be honest it was because it was like it was right after like other than that's why Jesus stood out so much because he wasn't doing anything like Jesus with the other people like Jesus was totally industrial sound I'm literally gonna go totally left field here like I'm, <laughs> I'm totally gonna step I'm gonna step all the way into this door and be in this lane and commit to all this and I'm gonna throw you guys a fucking curveball that's what Jesus was production wise but and the fact that he like is he like his um his credit list usually be so long because he gives credit to everybody who's in the fucking studio like i was watching an interview with sahai and sahai oh shout out to sahai too he's he slept on too shout out to sahai um sahai said if you bring him like a fucking cup of water or if you say something that makes him say something that inspires an idea you get a credit so if you look at kanye's production credits and his album credits that's why they'd be so long even though he might be literally doing most of the handiwork himself that's why that because like he gets influenced by literally almost everything that's around him mm. so that was very interesting to hear and then you know of course like you producing for jay-z jay-z's classic shit is kanye's production for the most part you know what i'm saying like ace to the Izzo, like and looking up his production discography he produced a lot of r&b joints for like singers and stuff like that a lot of you know like monica and um 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 you know tiana taylor obviously and 
all those shits are good. Like if like the way to sell your album, like even if like okay, say you're an upcoming artist and Kanye produced the album on there or produced the track on there or whatever, that's part of your promotion. Like you're gonna say it's Kanye produced. Like you're gonna say that in the description to get people to look at it and be like, oh shit, okay, well, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, his production with like, it's it's incredible. His um his his diversity and it's incredible how much of uh impact he's had just with his production, not taking into account even any of his own personal works or projects. Um, even on you know Nas just dropped the album. He had a couple. He had a joint on there that he produced that was from one of the sessions of Nas's last three previous albums, which you know they were just called the Lost Tapes. So the ones that didn't make the cut in that album, and he's known for like these these sample loops, like the loops that he does. You know what I'm saying? Like on you know famously or infamously, depending on how you look at it, on Cop Shot the Kid, that loop. You know what I'm saying? That that Slick Rick sample, and he was credited for like really revolutionizing how sampling was used in hip hop. Um, at that time and how it grew. And then, like, he saw how much people were, like, using that style once he first came out with the college dropout and labor registration. And then you get something like Graduation, which is, like, has hardly any sampling. Or, like, it has samples on it, but it's not that soul sample-based. Like, that um, Jay Dillon-inspired and that No ID-inspired and that fucking, like, a whole plethora of producers-inspired. So, man, yeah, Kanye is my favorite producer because literally I don't have to like, your favorite producers to me are those you can just listen to and you don't have to try to like it. You just know that this shit just sits with you. Yeah. Like you just know that this shit sits with you. Like, and that's how I be feeling with Alchemist sometimes. Yeah. Like you don't like bro. And like even same with me saying with some of his stuff, it's just like you go into a mind with, I already know I'm probably going to like this. <laughs> and you know, that might be a little biasedness, but like, even if you're looking at it objectively, you're just like, even if I don't even like the song like that, there's something I can like about this beat or something that he did here. You know what I'm saying? So Kanye's that person for me. So, yeah, man. And then, like, I like the, you know, I like the grandiose kind of, uh, I keep saying grandiose, but that's the best way I can describe his production and his production atmosphere sometimes because of the drums he decides to use and the vocals he decides to put there. His, his whole curation of songs is something that heavily inspired me, even as a filmmaker, because of how you he's created a process of putting things together. Um, and also, obviously, he'll influence me as a producer. Um, so, yeah, man, like, or he is um, influencing me as a producer. So, yeah, man, like, Kanye's my number one. Like, he's just, I explained a lot, but there's not really much that needs to be explained <laughs> if you just know hip-hop. Like, <laughs> because it's like, no matter which facet of hip-hop you identify with the most, personally or emotionally you like something that he's been on now let me ask you this which project that he produced do you do you consider is his favorite i mean that which project that he produced is your favorite that he maybe that he produced all of the tracks majority majority of the tracks <sighs> damn this is fucking hard <laughs> um You just asked me like one of the hardest questions I'll ever have in my fucking life. <laughs> um, okay, so because okay, because I know recently he he hand produced all of these tracks by himself, and I don't know to what extent he did all each and every song on his whole 
on his personal projects. I don't know who may have had a snare here or, you know what I'm saying, or who did. Mm -hmm. But for the simple fact that I think some of his best production work ever was um, on Pusha T's album. Like, mm -hmm. that I, I can think of in recent memory where he, like, you know, like, he was credited with fully producing every single part of each song instrumental. Like, it was just him and Pusha T in there. And he did all the beats. Pusha T did all the verses. You know what I'm saying? With, you know, a Kanye feature in there. But <laughs> um, that and... I think that's my favorite one. Pusha T's album? Yeah. Yeah, because that production was, like, that was like, damn, this shit is sick. And that also... Shit, that his, shit moves differently. And like, also, we, we would be remiss not to mention fucking White Label. Like, of course, <laughs> that shit is like... You know what I'm saying? It's like, he was doing that shit like he had something to prove. Like, he just said, okay, I'm going to come up with, like, the hardest shit, White Label, which is on Nasir. You know what I'm saying? Nas's um, second to last uh, solo project, uh, which I thought the production on that shit was very good. That was, that's the reason why I like the album the most. I like Nas's bars a lot, but the production on that album was, you know, was like, it was like 70% Kanye and 30% the reason why I like that album. 70% uh, Kanye, 30% Nas. So, yeah, like, and even his production on him and the Cuddy Project, the fact that he fucking made five albums last summer and all five of them are so different just on the surface of that alone like damn bro like that shows how this man can tap into different sides of his fucking personality gemini shit tap into different sides of his his production personality and his whole over overall personality so but i think yeah in more contemporary times i'm gonna have to answer your question with uh daytona because those beats were airtight and yeah, focused bro tight focused and yeah, so that's yeah. a beautiful album, bro. Yeah, and you, you weren't even a book. You're you're not even a big Pusha T fan. Yeah, honestly, I I did not like Pusha T at all until this album. If did I'm this, being straight up. So did this, this album like? Have you listened to like any of his other stuff? It made me want to check out some of his other stuff, but I haven't done it yet. So another beat that he's um that you remember that song um, well you might not because you don't follow him, but it was a song called uh, Numbers on the Boards. And um, nostalgia with Kendrick Lamar on it. Both of those songs are produced by Kanye, and like the fucking bro, the fucking drums that he decided to use, and those horns, and just those sounds. Like Kanye picks the most obscure sounds and ties them in. You know what I'm saying? So, and like he, whatever artist he's working with, I feel like Kanye has a really good penchant for knowing that artist's sound and mixing it well with what he does well. And the, and the product is because like even when I was listening to Pusha T's project and I showed it to my dad and like you know as a, as a young black kid like when you show some some shit some shit that you like to your dad you're like I wonder what he's gonna think but even like my dad is a big Kanye fan and I don't know how my dad feels about Pusha T but like that infrared joint on there that's like that kind of like shit I forgot the name of that experiment but not only those drums but that kind of like that sound and that grit kind of sound to it just had somebody like going like god damn like you know what i'm saying you can't help but nod your shit nod your head to that shit so yeah man he's one of the most prolific most diverse most talented people um and producers in my opinion he's my favorite one just because you know yeah man i don't have to he's just always he's just like forever connected with me as far as music because that shit just i just have his ear we have a lot of the same tendencies and the same preferences for music so yeah bro Kanye's my number one yeah Pretty good, number one. So, as always, let us know who you think list had the what the fuck. As always, let us know who you think had the best list. Um, my list was number three. I had Wheezy Beats, work, work with Gunna, 
Young Thug. Number two, I had Matt Lib, worked with MF Doom, Freddie Gibbs. And then number one, I had Pierre Bourne, worked with Playboy Cardi. Uh, Playboy Cardi. <laughs> Literally, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of the catchiest rappers for <laughs> fucking... For fucking some reason, Playboy Hardy definitely one of the catchiest rappers. It has some of the catchiest tunes you were ever hear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is Raw. And, um, yeah, to recap my list, my number three, I had um, my fucking uh, Metro Boomin, Atlanta Staple, Atlanta Legend at this point. Um, need I say more? Um, number two, I have Pharrell Williams. Same things, pretty much. Um, fucking just great. His bridges, oh, my gosh. Pharrell's fucking bridges and his... You know his synth usement and everything like that. He's he's just so cool overall. And then number one, Yay for you know because he's Yay. We all know what Yay does. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's you know one of the greatest producers ever in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah, ever. like I can say that pretty definitively. You know, so ever. So <laughs> those are our top three lists. Of course, like we always say, let us know who some of your favorite producers are in the Discord and um in the comments and everything like that. Once you guys listen to this, um and You'll definitely like. There was a couple other names I wanted to mention just real fast. Like I know, like No ID. I'm really a big fan of No ID's production work. Um, man, who else am I forgetting? Um, you said the Alchemist, or you said Madlib. But you Al- see, Alchemist is one of your favorites too, yeah, though. Al- Alchemist yeah. is one of my favorites, along with Madlib, along with my fucking like. Um, I like Thundercat. Thundercat's a newer one that a lot of people still was sleeping on for a long time. But Thundercat's pretty fine with the production. He has some production credits on Astroworld. Um, um, Murder Beats is another one of my like. I like. I really fuck with Murder Beats a lot. Murder. You know what I'm saying? Um, Beethoven. Just a whole bunch of other people. But yeah, it's way too many people. But yeah, yeah. we we can honestly go on. We can honestly make this another top three. There's, yeah, there's so many. Yeah, five producers. So yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and transition into our uh, show and tell segment. So our show and tell segment, we give you some knowledge and some inside information about something that you may have not known about prior to listening to our later show and tell segment, motherfuckers. So <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Um, you want to go first or should I or how you want to? Fuck it. Um, I'll go first. All right. uh, since we just came off the topic of producers, um, I was looking at a live stream from a producer the other day, and I just thought that something he shared was really interesting. So I'm going to share it with y'all. So... He said that you have to be careful about the 10,000 hour rule. How long do you have to work at something before you become really good, right? And the answer seems to be, it's an extraordinarily consistent answer in an incredible number of fields. And that is, you need to have practice to have apprenticed for 10,000 hours before you get good. So every great classical composer, without exception, composes for at least 10 years before they write their masterwork. Mozart. Mozart is is composing at 11, but he's composing garbage at 11. I mean, he doesn't produce something great until he's 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. Concerto number 9, I think, 271. You have to be really careful because a lot of people, well, what happened to him was he was spending too much time working, you know, doing the the 10,000 hour rule. And because of that, he started to suffer in his health. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't really see the importance of Jim until... He started suffering from working too hard, literally working too hard, spending too many hours just Mm. working and just eating bullshit that whatever the rappers want to eat, really. So, yeah, so he stresses that, yeah, get your hours in, but there also has to be a balance. 
yeah don't work yourself to death yeah basically because that's actually interesting that you brought that up because um you know I'm, I'm a fan of david banner and i like david banner's uh i like um some of his early music and i like his last album and i follow him he's one of the people that i really and i met him once so like that's why i like that was all cool but like one time i remember i was listening to him and in a post that he said um he was like literally i was working so hard and i was producing and i was working all these long hours i literally did not have the strength to push myself up to go take a piss <laughs> like he literally tried to like he put his hands on the arms of the chair and try you know you know how he pushed himself up he literally said my arms are literally so weak from producing that i i, could, I didn't even have a strength to get myself up to go take a fucking piss and he was like that's how hard i was working and these producers work fucking hard you know what i'm saying they work hard a lot yeah. of like like fuck what you see on like behind the cameras in the trenches of it the reality of it, these producers and not all producers get treated fucking like great like a lot of them get treated like shit you know what i'm saying <laughs> a lot of them get treated like shit because you're like and then it's pressure because you're in the studio however much you, you know, stay this long to charge you this much and all the other stuff. So it's a lot of pressure going on with producers. And yeah, and you got to be quick too because them niggas be ready to rap. Exactly. And then like you, your block for that day, you got another producer waiting to come in and do his <laughs> shit. Like, so if you got the 8 a.m., if you, if you booked it from 8 a.m. to like 9 p.m., you got to get as much as you can done in that day. But then you're stressed like, okay, this shit going to be good. Is this, Do I have enough time to make this shit good? Polish this up. Yeah. Get this something there. Get this 808 in there. Get this, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's not an easy job to do. And it's, you know, the more you come up with the ranks, I guess that's when people get filtered out. And, you know what I'm saying, only a certain amount of people will yeah. only make it so far, I guess, so far. But as long as you're, like, making a living for yourself, doing what you like to do, I think that you're winning. Um, regardless if you get the name, fame, or whatever, that's not that's inconsequential in my opinion. Because if, if you're able to do something that you genuinely enjoy doing, which is creating beats, and you're able to make a living and sustain your monthly bills and get enough of what you need, enough of what you want in life, then you're winning. Yeah. You and, know? And uh, he said that not a lot of people talk about, like, having a good work, uh, workout, uh, fuck. He said not a lot of people talk about having a good work and workout balance because, you know, there's only really, like, two niggas to tell that are, where you're like, yo, you're working too hard. Like, get the fuck out of here. But Yeah. But really, it's most people is like, yo, you're not working hard enough. So damn yeah and it's like at a certain point when do you get in those spaces in the industry where you've clearly put in the work you know what i'm saying you paid your dues put in the work climb up the ranks grind it and grind it and grind it and practice your craft and perfected your craft right and then you hear somebody say you're not working hard enough <laughs> like that's why people say the music industry like the music industry is so tough because it's a lot of like it's a lot of factors that go into it into the reality of it versus what we just see from the cameras and then press and stuff so like and i've never been inside i don't i don't think i've ever been inside of a formal music studio before i would like to i would like to be in one really you I, haven't mm -mm. i've never been inside of a formal music studio like but i know people who have like i've talked to people who have like been to like these big name movie studio i mean uh, movie studios these big um name music studios in the city like we're in atlanta so we could really like you know we have access to them um like patchwork which is you know known for like organized noise outcast yeah. um <laughs> you know i want to visit patchwork um there there are a couple other other ones but they're not because sometimes like they'll say no name studios if you look at like um where it was recorded at in the wikipedia or whatever or when you're trying to find out where it's because they want to keep it secret so that you don't have all sorts of people trying to you know it's a very rap and producers and entertainment, it's a very, like, 
um, encapsulated space a lot of times. Yeah. It's like it's it's a bubble. It's a, it's very much a bubble, you know. So, but yeah, no, nah, I never been inside one, but I would love to just go on one because I see videos of stuff of people in um, studios and stuff like that. And, no, so another thing, and that it shit seems cool to be inside of just because as a creative, you're just like damn, like what all the fuck these, all yeah these all buttons. these fucking yeah all these fucking buttons right <laughs> and just real quick um if you watch atlanta donald Glover show on fx there's this little scene in the second season in one of the earlier episodes where paperboy was in the studio with darius right and um spoiler alert i'm sorry but <laughs> just real quick um it was like this part where they had this this producer is a white dude right his white producer and one his his um his system kept crashing and it was some hood dudes in there saying, and he was producing for this, like this, like this parody of like a mumble rapper called, um, in the show he was called, um, Clark County. His name was Clark County in the show. And he had like this song in the show called you, you, who was like a little Bobby catchy song or whatever. And he was in there trying to record another song. And the white producer was like facing hella pressure from, um, Clark County, the rapper and Clark County's crew. And his crew was like, bro, they they were like some hood motherfuckers, like, bro, don't let that shit crash again, homie. Like, cause it's like time is ticking and time is money. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> the system, like, he was like, the system crashed again. And it was it was, you know, alluded to once Paperboy and Darius, it was like, well, it was time to leave, that these niggas probably jumped him or something or beat his ass or whatever. And cause Clark kind of was like, I'm gonna take a walk. And then the white dude was just sitting in there. And then uh the hood dudes was like, I think y'all two should go. And then Darius and uh, Paperboy were like, yep, I think we should go too. Yep, look, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Stay safe, you know, whatever. And then it was implied that they beat they beat the fuck out of him. So I don't know how many producers actually go through that, but actually Donald, I think, said that he was actually in the studio situation where that happened. Oh, so that's why he wrote it in his show. So I thought that that was, like, very just, like, damn, like, this is the reality of that shit sometimes, the <laughs> fact that, like, you could really be... Like, working yourself to death type yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> working yourself to death and, like, working in a dangerous environment to where you can get fucking fucked up if you fuck up or if something fucks up like if the system fucks up that's not your fault but it's your fault that time is money and that you're not producing our songs so <laughs> yeah that shit was you know hey man that shit is that shit is a motherfucker but who do you know who the producer who said that by the way uh kenny beats kenny beats he was also like a contender for my list but he just didn't make the cut yeah, he just didn't make the cut yeah so yeah, man, it's ruthless, and I definitely agree with him on that. Cause, yeah, you want to you want to dedicate yourself to your career, but you also have your livelihood and your mental health that you need yeah. to take care of. <laughs> like, who's to say that you don't want to go in there making shit all you know uncomfortable and fucked up and depressed and <laughs> not in the mood, not in the feeling for it? You want yeah. it to feel right. Yeah. It just has to feel right. You want to go in there ready to work and anxious to do it, as opposed to just I hope niggas don't kill me today. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> So I definitely agree with him on that. And that definitely is a conversation that needs to be brought to the mainstream about how producers are treated because it's similar to I, – I look at producers like how I look at screenwriters kind of sort of. Like, yeah. like the actors can't do their job without the script and the rappers can't do their job without the beat. Yeah, and in fact, a and lot it's of a, rappers – it's a collaborative effort, you know? Yeah, a lot of rappers, they write their song based on the beat. So right. Right, the beat gives them a feeling, and then you go out that feeling, and that's how you structure your song. Yeah, and script, script gives you a feeling, and then the script gives you a you feeling, and it gives how you, you feel. Yeah. Right, and it gives you a frame of reference for how you might want to portray this character, or you know, what I'm saying whatever. So, but they're both treated like the foot of the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
sometimes like there are certain ones that make it out or that make it well more so producers because music is more immediately available than just like oh some screenwriter who wrote this film or whatever um but yeah man so yeah like, i definitely agree with him on that take care of your mental health there has to be balance you have to take care of your work and be prolific in that as much as you want to be to be satisfied and you also got to take care of your personal self like because if your personal falls apart your professional is going to fall apart too yeah <laughs> so um good good conversation definitely that needs to be had the brain is the most complex organ in the human body as part of the nervous system, the brain coordinates all of the body's functions. In adult humans, the brain is a three-pound gelatinous mass of fat and protein. It's comprised of four main regions, the cerebrum, the cerebellum, the brainstem, and the diencephalon. Um, so you guys know I'm a fucking geek, and I'm a nerd and shit. <laughs> um, and I like looking up shit about neuroscience and the brain and things like that. And... Um, just an interesting fact that I read was that um, literally, in a literal sense, your the human brain doesn't feel pain itself. There are pain receptors in the brain, which is why you're able to feel pain in other parts of your body. When like if you get hit, you get cut, something like that. Those are all due to um, meninges in your brain and the scalp. They all have pain receptors, and so technically, surgery can be done on your brain. But the brain itself won't feel that pain. Wow. So brain is a tool that we use to detect pain. Okay. So <laughs> I, yeah, like that's that's an interesting way to think of it, cause like that is like how I used to think of it as a six year old. But now that you bring it back, like wow. Yeah, like reading that, I was just like so technically, the brain itself does not feel pain. It just provides all the things that help you, the person, feel the pain. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So the brain is just a bridge between what you feel and how it gets there. But, like, the brain in itself does not react to pain. It's always interesting to be reminded of how the brain works for humans because... Okay, let me bring up an example. I, I think I remember one time when I was in elementary school, I saw this picture in a textbook, and it said that we usually view things, like, upside down, but thanks to our brain, it kind of just makes it normal for us. Yeah. Something like that. That's, I probably explained it, like, so wrong, but based on the little fucking diagram it showed me, that's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the brain is kind of like our computers basically. it's literally like the computer it, it, like it's basically like working for us it, it tells us everything so like literally like your the brain is it's like you know it's the epicenter of your life of your existence it's responsible for everything just like your cells are it's all works it all works together in harmony just like whatever <laughs> whatever uh created us intended it to be so when i read that i was like it's that's just interesting how that is true like the brain itself doesn't feel pain but the brain is responsible for how the person who it's inhabiting feels pain yeah that's just that's just interesting just for me as a nurse so i just wanted to put that out there maybe that could start a conversation and like wow like just really thinking about how complex our systems are it's also kind of interesting how like the brain like reacts for us yes like your reflexes and things that you feel intrinsically like that's all due to like 
your um all the things that are located in your brain, whether it's your um and then it does it like so fast too. Yeah, anyway, like anyway, like your whatever. central nervous <laughs> system, your central nervous system, your pineal gland, memory, and so like also just to tie into this too, there was like people use brain and mind interchangeably, and they're so different. Like I'm a sociology minor, so the mind is that frame of consciousness that's that your brain is responsible for, but that's not the physical aspect of your brain. Like when people say use your brain, and people tell you to um calculate something or think something logically through and have reasoning you're using your mind from a literal standpoint your brain is like your physical reactions what you can smell taste that's the physical part but like what you think of what you feel that's all just your mind it's 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 like metaphysical but it's like it's weird but it's interesting for me to read about so that's just another add on to that but yeah i just thought that was an interesting way to say like damn yeah like if you if you have like a human brain and you're doing brain surgery if you poke the brain or if you do anything to it, the brain itself does not feel that, but the compart the compartments inside the brain that are responsible for you feeling that so that's like all that it is. If someone pokes you in the brain, will the brain tell you that you're being poked in the brain? I'm not sure. I think that. So like, can you feel yourself getting poked in the brain? Oh, oh I don't or, know. I don't know. Like, cause like obviously if somebody like hits you or stabs you directly onto your brain you will feel it because of those receptors in there but does the brain itself react to it as a whole according to this it doesn't it only it only holds it's, it's only the house for what gives you that physical reaction that you feel that's interesting <laughs> isn't it like as i'm saying i was like that's very interesting so yeah that's my show and tell for this week um damn humans are weird humans are very weird and we're very complex and very complicated um and yeah so that's my show and tell for this week um let us know what you think about both our show and tells in the discord and in the comments in the chat as well and let us you know just chime in on what you think um about the brain and about our topics you know whether it's producers or whatever things like that also um, give us some top three suggestions uh you can send those in the discord or you can dm us on instagram and you know saying just tell us what, what you think we should talk about as well yeah, straight up. Um, and I think that pretty much wraps it up for us this week, um, right? I think that's yeah. We're yeah, good. next week we'll be talking about Double XL because I know y'all want to hear what we think about that. <laughs> you think what I'm saying? Yeah, that'll be a topic of discussion for next week, and he will be back in good and grace with us. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we out. We out. <laughs>